Welcome to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast, where we seek to provide you the tools to preserve and promote college radio. I'm Shane Garcia, and as always, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend himself, retired station advisor for 91.7 WIXQ, Dr. Ralph Doc Rock Antonin. Doc, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm wonderful. I just got my tax return. I mean, my tax consultant just called me up. I went and picked up my taxes. I love paying the federal government so much that I even paid them more. I know you just love doing that, Doc. Doc, you're paying more taxes. I'm paying more taxes. I think everybody listening to this is paying more taxes. Look at gas right now. Yeah, isn't that great? Isn't that great? We're going to go to $5, maybe $6 a gallon. Boy, the government's doing a good job. Hey, I guess, though, as long as the people in Ukraine are okay, I'm, I'm, that's who I'm thinking about right now, though, too. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, I just they feel so bad for them because they didn't ask for this. You know, that's that's what really bothers me is they didn't. I'm a man of peace and love. Right, Shane? Yeah. These people didn't ask. They were sitting. It's like you. Think of this, Shane. You're sitting down there in, uh, where are you, New Providence? Yep. Baseball is coming back. You're sitting watching television. All of a sudden, someone drops a bomb on your house. Think about it. Isn't that sad? Not only is it sad, but it's infuriating. All walks of life, innocent walks of life, are getting targeted right now for no reason at all. It's all unnecessary. I, it makes me speechless. It's all about money and power and control. The world is the same. Never changes. Let's get off that topic. Let's do the podcast today. We got a good one, I think, Shane. Yeah, this is a topic that you wanted to bring up, Doc, because we were... We wanted to bring on somebody special here today following Eric Goodmanson, which, by the way, one heck of an interview, one heck of an interview to celebrate number 50. Uh, We wanted to bring on his good friend, W.B. Henderson, Uh, but W.B. Henderson is a very interesting character, and unfortunately, it did not work out. However, Doc, you had the tremendous idea to talk about the unsung heroes of our college radio station, W.I.X.Q., Yep. And these are the people who who made, not that everybody didn't contribute, but these are the people who went above and beyond and really helped the radio station not only grow, but survive. So, and start and everything. So we need to pay these people a special thank you. And our station first launched in October of 1968, going on 54 years old. And there have been hundreds, if not thousands of people coming through the station's walls throughout these past 54 years. However, there are a select few that I feel like should get more proper recognition than what they get already. And some of these names you will recognize because we have talked about them previously on the podcast. And in some cases, we have talked to them here on the podcast. And the first one that I'd like to bring some credit to here, Doc, is of course being Sue Kratzky, Sue Breidenbach, who we interviewed all the way back on episode number 35 of Scholastic Transmission. Yep, she was the one that went to FNM, got the license. She was the only licensed person, got on the air, and she started WMSR on the air because she was the only one that was uh, has, was licensed because she licensed at FNM. So Sue Kratzky, thank you. Sue Breidenbach, thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody at WMSR, WISQ. Yeah, without her, without her going to get that license, without her experience working at Franklin and Marshall teaching radio, who knows where we'd be today, Doc? It all started with her. And we have, we, not just we, but so many, so many WIX viewers have her to thank. And we, we, we can't thank her enough. There's no way. Nope. Just a great big thank you, Susan. There's another name from around that time period, Doc, that I'd like to drop on you here. And we talked about 
oh, all the way back, I believe, in episode number 12, we had talked about the value of having a very knowledgeable engineer. And of course, we talked about our engineer, Nelson Kepperling, but long before him, there was a guy by the name of Wayne Campbell, Doc. Would you be able to explain what he did at the college radio station as the engineer? Well, he actually started it, and, and, and with Terry Kyle's help, climbed the antenna, put the original antennas up, did, made sure we were satisfying FCC rules and regulations way back in its infancy, and we affectionately referred to him as Uncle Wayne. And he was a very much a fixture when I first started at uh, WIXQ. Uh, he was sort of there for a few years, and he helped me tremendously with the budgeting and the equipment that was needed. So thank you, Wayne, Uncle Wayne Campbell. Would you be able to dive into a little bit more about what all exactly he helped you with, Doc? The equipment. I mean, remember, I didn't know anything. He helped me with the budget. So I, when I had a, imagine me preparing a budget. He, I didn't know how to do anything. He did the whole budget. I just sat back and let him do it. Thank you, Uncle Wayne. You also name dropped Terry Kyle in there, Doc. We had him back on episode number five of Scholastic Transmission. And of course, we'd like to give Terry a lot of credit here because without him, well, we might not know WIXQ as we know today as well. That's right. And he literally built WIXQ. He climbed the antenna. I mean, he was up there on the roof. I'm afraid of heights. So I wouldn't, I was just, I just was coming in as advisor when his wife became station manager. I never worked really directly with Terry, but I do know historically the important role he played putting that first tower up. Do you want to give more of an overview about what Terry Kyle did at WIXQ for those who don't know, Doc? Well, Terry Kyle was the station manager, and and he was the one that uh, was written a lot, a lot of history. As I say, I never worked with him, Shane, so I can't really give you the inside scoop on him. But he, without him, I knew the station would not have made all a license filings and, and done what it did and gone uh, WMSR, uh, what do they call it, carrier current. And he took the heat uh, for a lot of stuff and got before the board of trustees and helped get us to go uh, into uh, 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 F F uh, WIXQ FM. So I benefited from the work that he did before I got there, okay? And of course you benefited and WIXQ benefited from someone who should have been a station manager. She wasn't, but she put in the work. My God, Doc, did she put in the work I'm talking about Glenda Clippinger Masha. Oh my God. Oh, remember when we went from uh, to to 100 watts from 10 watts? You remember that? Well, you don't remember that. You weren't here, Shane. What are, what am I talking about? That probably preceded me just about uh, almost 20 years, Doc. Well, she can you imagine this, Shane? Glenda Clippinger filled out a 150-page report to the FCC to go from 10 watts to 100 watts. How much energy and time must have it taken for her to do that? She did, as I said in my history, eons of work to get us to go from 10 to 100 watts. Some college kids couldn't even fill out a one-page report, Doc, let alone 150. Yeah, do you might imagine the dedication? Because she would never benefit from this. She did this, and a couple of years later was when we finally get it. She did this for the future, same as Terry did when he was only doing the uh, carrier current. He did it for the future. These are people who have the future of WMSR, WIXQ in mind, because they never really benefited from these moves from carrier current to 10 watt to 100 watt. 
So do you understand what it takes? These these people were just helping us become the future. And Doc, to me, that is so incredibly honorable because she never had the chance to experience that. She put in all that hard work and effort for the person who was going to come in the years and decades after her. Chances are there's some kids sitting out there right now thinking, man, what am I going to do when I get to college? And they end up finding the college radio station and it's everything they ever anticipated. The fact that they can sit behind that chair in that studio and broadcast their favorite tunes out to the community, essentially acting as an alternative to the mainstream crap that you hear on commercial radio. It's huge. And she was able to put in all the work and effort for hundreds, if not thousands of kids to experience that in the 40 plus years after she's graduated, as we look back now in 2022, it's so honorable. Yep. And Glenda, for whatever reason, I don't know, we tried to get her to come on there, but she's very, I guess, very modest, very shy or something. And we wanted her to tell the story. And that's why I'm sort of having to tell it for her and thank her dearly, dearly for getting us to go for, to uh, 100 watts. Just imagine what it would have been if that she hadn't done that 150 pages and worked at it because nobody else did it but her. She did all the work. I'm clapping it up for Glenda because, man, I, I, I don't know how many people in the history of our college radio station would have done that, Doc. I really don't. Uh, I don't know either. I don't want to say nobody. What possessed Glenda to do it? I don't know. But thank is her her work ethic was outstanding and she just did the work. So we can say thank you again to Glenda Klippinger. A couple years later, Doc, there was another big progression in regards to the college radio station. WIXQ went stereo, Doc. Yep. And that was under a guy named Tom Cassetta. And Tom and I went through you mean everything depended on equipment and money. And we had to get that, right? You That's right. Stereo, unless you got equipment and money. And Tom Cassetto was station manager. And there's that famous picture of him with Wendell Woodbury, who nobody really knows, but was on Channel 8. And we got interviewed by Channel 8. And there was Tom Cassetto and I with Wendell Woodbury going stereo. Another move, unsung hero, Tom Cassetta. Quite a bit later, Doc, because you figure throughout the 80s and into the early 90s, WIXQ kind of progressed from there, and it kind of built up a little bit of a following. And it was kind of due in part to a lot of the DJs that would later work in commercial radio within central Pennsylvania. And we talked to this man before back on episode number 40, but I'd like to give a special shout out to Steve Eugnis, who now works for Apple Music all the way out in California, who's impacting millions of people every day, Doc with his work through Apple Music. But Steve, he worked in commercial radio simultaneously while he was still in college. And he recognized that the station needed to go through some upgrades in order to properly benefit and in order to properly help out the students. And thanks to that, he brought in some new production equipment that was able to help WIXQ sound a lot more professional on the air when anybody was getting on the radio. Yeah, Yuki was a true, true leader. I mean, he was the program director. And if you look at the pictures, he's the one with the beach ball in his hand. Remember that picture of him with a beach ball? I was just looking at that today, Doc. He, it has a little face on it, too. Yeah. And he he was always there to help uh, uh, build the station, work the station, improve the station. So uh, we used to call him Yuki. 
And so to Yuki, a big thank you from Doc and WIXQ. I also do have to say, Doc, you had also called him, or at least you, you had said people had called him in the past. Yuck, yuck, yuck this. Yuck, yuck. Like somebody's coughing up a hairball. Yeah, and that was, you know who did that? That was a knocker. You remember the knocker, Andrew Knock? Yeah, we had Andrew Knock all the way back on episode 31, Doc. Yeah, and he was always having a lot of fun. And that was a group that was really, really quite active. Remember, Nipsey was part of that group, too. Oh, yeah. Nipsey, Ronnie Ramone. Yep. So that was a uh, a great big thank you to all those people. And, and of course, Yuki, because he got us the equipment. And uh, and I guess the other people that got us the fame because they later went on in, uh, in the field. You know, Doc, on the last episode, when we were talking to Eric Goodmanson, Eric told us that he was very thankful that Steve had brought in this fancy production equipment for them to use because they were able to create some pretty neat production during that time period. But before we get into that, though, Eric, we got to talk about Eric again. Even though we just dedicated a whole two-parter to him, we got to bring him up again. Yeah, he was the computer dude. I mean, you got to understand, I didn't really know much about computers. Our mama was the one that knew more, much more about computers. So Eric got us into streaming audio. Can you believe that? And I was just in the background saying, yeah, let's do that. That sounds like a great plan. And Eric did all the work and the labor intensive with the help of a guy named W.B. Henderson, who was also working with him. The two of them together got us streaming audio. And W.B., of course, got us the first web page. So there we have the, that's where we made the big bounce into the, uh, the world. What's it called? The World Wide Web or something like that. That is right, Doc. Not a spider web, not a spider web, the World Wide Web. Yeah, and so Eric did that, and I'm just in the background. Now, you got to understand, I'm not techno, I'm not, I'm not electrical, I'm not, I'm not into none of this stuff. So Eric's doing all this work. He, I used to remember him running around with a little tool belt. That's all I remember. And we had this end, and then we went streaming audio, and then Henderson comes along and develops this really unique web page and gets us out there, not only uh, 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 in Millersville and locale, but now we're seeing everywhere. I mean, these guys were fantastic what they did. I didn't know what was going on. All I know is I'll never forget my first Christmas show going, uh, what would you call it, worldwide. And you could reach your kids thousands of miles away, Doc. Yeah, and Eric Goodmanson was really went above and beyond because uh, my daughter was like me, a little technology challenge. He even called her and helped her listen to us. Oh, that's nice. Because she obviously didn't quite know what to do, and I certainly couldn't explain what to do. So Eric Goodmanson called her and talked her into through the process and got her to listen to us in Idaho. That is so amazing. I'm glad that Eric was able to take that next step, aside from the extra steps that he had already taken, to help out a dedicated family member from the Antonin clan. Yeah, and of course, then as, as time went on, it, it became a lot more easy. And my son, of course, was in Ireland. Did you know he listened to us in Ireland? I actually did not know that, Doc. That's brand new to me today. Yeah, because he, of course, was a computer person. He is the head of IT manufacturing for Lilly right now. So he knew how to really work computers. And so when he was in Ireland, we even visited him. And he and I made a presentation uh, at a conference out there about uh, how to get in trouble. No, not how to get in trouble. We talked nothing about the radio. We talked about how academia and the business world were exactly alike. Well, I was just saying how to get in trouble because I figured, well, I mean, it's very, very prevalent within the Antonin family of getting in trouble. Well, a little bit, but always able to work our way out of it. So, not, But what was interesting about that presentation 
he had to get approval from Eli Lilly to do it because uh, now he was stepping into the world uh, where uh, the corporates had some control as opposed to Doc, who was in the academic world where it was sort of free reign. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I didn't have to get any approval to do the presentation. Matter of fact, I was encouraged to do it so that I could get, uh, you know, publish, perish, all that paper presentation that go into becoming a full professor, which I already had, so it didn't matter. But uh, yeah, that's when I started to learn more about technology from him. And of course, by talking about technology, we need to bring up W.B. Henderson because, Doc, you've said it, and I I hear it whenever I listen to the production that this man made. My God, he's a creative genius. Yes, he is. He And that whether you like it or not, I'm going to give him the most creative student I ever had at the radio station. He was brilliant. And he would come up with these fantastic carts, as they were called, and they're still used today. You know, it's what cart, when you think of W.B. Henderson, what cart do you still remember of him, Shane? The snapper. The snapper. That's his voice. And what is so strange about that, WB was the quietest kid you'd ever want to meet. I mean, you, you could, couldn't get a word out of him sometime. But you put him behind a microphone and he became a different personality. And he was just, just so creative with the stuff that he would do. I mean, and the fact that the kids have kept that ad, the snapper alive since him, that's over 20 years old, Shane over 20 years old. For those that don't know, our station, WIXQ, has a heavy rotation advertisement that promotes the campus newspaper called The Snapper. And WB and Eric Goodmanson, because Goodmanson is also featured in this ad, took the song The Ripper by Judas Priest. And they have, you know, a little bit of the song of The Ripper, the intro where you're in for surprise... You're in for a shock. And then where it would typically come in and say, the Ripper, Henderson comes in spot on and yells, the Snapper. It's spot on. It sounds just like Judas Priest. Yeah. And this is coming from a guy who you could barely get to talk. But put him in a studio, put him behind a mic and a different person emerged. Unbelievable. Now, I understand today that he is actually working from home in the area of computers. He's married, and he and his wife are bird watchers, which means it's a very tranquil, peaceful kind of thing they do. I don't know if you're, you're not a bird watcher, are you, Shane? I mean, I like nature, but I'm not going to take time out to really watch these animals. I mean, I do. Like, if I, if I see something that comes along my porch or comes along out back since I have woods out back, sure, I'll take time to watch it, but I wouldn't make a career out of it. Well, you know what a bird watcher does? They go for hours and sit in the woods and watch birds. I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. But W.B. Henderson does it. And I guess that's his relaxation. Uh, but he is, again, one of the most creative kids. I Well, the most creative kid I ever had at WXQ. And Goodmanson was just such a great, great uh, person to offset him because they had complementary personalities. You hear Goodmanson's voice on many a cart still at WXQ, don't you? Yeah, Goodmanson's still around, just like W.B. Henderson's still around. But I do have to give credit here to W.B. Henderson. So he was into metal as well, just like his good friend Goodmanson was. And he had two shows. He split up his show within two separate shows. One was called the Automaton Hit Parade, and the other one was the Matamaton Grip Patrol. He would create 
promos for these shows. He would create liners for these shows, just little blips that would play here and there, I guess, throughout his program. And I still have these things. I, I started up an archive of old WIXQ production and promotional materials. And often I will go back into the archive and just listen to the, to these carts, the, these production pieces, because they were carts back then, but the production that he created. And again, these, these production pieces are well over 20 years old and it holds up to this day in 2022, just the quality and the crispness of it all. It's, it's unbelievable. You got to understand that you didn't like you you can piece together things and make them sound really good. Henderson had to do it with one shot on a cot machine. Do you know how difficult that is to do? Not too many people these days know how difficult that is. Well, you should learn it because I used to do a lot of this stuff with Goodmanson and we used to have to do it perfectly. And in particular, you'd bring together a group and somebody would be, you know, make a mistake. What would you have to do? Bulk the cart and start it all over. Whereas you can piece together things and edit things. This had to be done perfectly. If it wasn't done perfectly, you had to redo the whole thing. Uh, I, I, as somebody who has only been around for these past 25 years, I can't imagine the intricacies that went into that. However, it's what was done before and it's what, it's what has allowed us to get so modern and so advanced. And I'm thankful for the groundwork that that kind of editing has laid for everybody. I was so used to getting it done right the first time because when Goodmanson and I did it, we had we had what we call a bulk machine. I, I mean, I, was, I can't remember, we call it Billy Bulker. And so we messed it up. Ronnie, Ronnie Ramon will remember better than Eric. I'm sorry, I'm mixing generations here. Ronnie Ramon, I remember doing it with him. It was like, ah, craps, we got to redo the whole thing again. By the way, I do want to give us another special shout out to Ronnie Ramon. I remember talking to our one professor on Millersville's campus, Dr. Greg, or his full name, Dr. Greg Siegworth. And he had said that he would oftentimes walk in and he would hear Ronnie creating some sort of production. And he was just blown away by Ronnie's voice. And of course, Ronnie was the chief announcer at WIXQ. And he had said that that's what made him really recognize that there was true, genuine talent that would come through Millersville University's college radio station. Oh, yeah. There were, there were, there were as you know, they're, they're very talented people because they were very different people. We had welcomed everybody. And in that diversity, we let people's artistic self come out. And that was what the benefit was that, of having a college radio station that was student run. These students could be, within reason, uncontrolled. Doc, I want to touch on one more person here quick, and that, of course, being our engineer, Nelson Kepperling. It's a great way to end it because Nelson was there throughout my entire history. Remember, Uncle Wayne was there in the beginning, then Nelson came, and Nelson helped us in every single one of these moves, from carrier current to stereo to 10 watt to 100 watt, everything. Nelson was there. And I can't say enough about how much he was underappreciated by the students. Many people do not realize how important he was. Think about not going on the air because you didn't engineer, didn't do it. You could have all the talent in the world, but if you didn't have a good engineer, 
you weren't going to go on air. And what's so great about Nelson is that he just floats on in there during the early morning hours, fixes what needs to be fixed, makes sure everything's all squared away and ready to go, and then he's out of there so that way the students can come in and do their work. Yep, and that's why a lot of people, uh, not that anybody disrespected him, but didn't give him the respect totally he deserves. So I'm going to give him for everybody at WIXQ, WMSR, thank you, thank you, Nelson Kerpeling for being there as long as, almost as long as Doc and beyond. He's still there, Shane. He's still there. I truly do not know what WIXQ and our surrounding radio stations are going to do since he is the the engineer for a couple other stations in our area. But I don't know what they are going to do when he finally decides to hang up the boots. Yeah, he's getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, he and I still are in communicate because we go out of reminiscing about the good old days. <laughs> and you could just imagine how boring it would be to the younger people to hear Doc and Nelson talking about the good old days. But Nelson, unfortunately, is going to eventually, like Doc, retire. And somebody's going to have a big pair of shoes to fill. And they are going to realize that they have gotten away for so long I'm going to say it in air quotes, but I mean it truly underpaying the engineer for the quality of work that Nelson has put in for over the years. Yep. You got it. We, I tried to keep it up there and I always had him budgeted well in the budget and I always asked him if he was getting enough and I always gave him raises and uh, I'm be very blunt about it. I just did it. I didn't go to anybody. I just did it. Doc, I think it's safe to say with the quality of work and all the time and the effort that Nelson Kepperling has put into not only our station, but other college and non-commercial stations in our area, he deserves to be the richest man in the world. (laughs) But with that said, Doc, this is a nice little brief overview about the unsung heroes of our college radio station, 91.7 WIXQ. And I'm glad that we were able to take the time out here today to comment on them and give them some more recognition that they absolutely deserve to have. Yep. I think it's a topic that fits well uh, right after uh, we did Eric Goodmanson. It, it makes sense to do this. You know what, Doc? We we kind of ended there with Nelson, but I would like to kind of unofficially end yet introduce our next guest here on Scholastic Transmission, because next episode is going to be number 52. We have officially done this podcast now, Doc, for one year. Wow! How do you manage to put up with me all these 52? Wow. Because I love you, Doc, and so many other people do. Ah. Don't say that. Don't don't sell yourself short. Okay. But who's coming up? I think I know who's going to do 52. This is another guy we sort of forgot, and we need to let him have his stage because he introduced hip-hop to Lancaster County and had a tremendous following at McCaskey. Did you know that? I have known that, Doc. When we were planning this podcast and we were trying to bring on people for our big celebratory episodes, because I like bringing, I like doing stuff with numbers and I like making those occasions feel important. I wanted to make sure that we got somebody good for episode number 52, rotating throughout the whole calendar year. And when I was looking at our station's history, I thought, man, there is nobody better to bring on to celebrate one year of Scholastic Transmission than somebody who introduced an entire county to the very first time 
to a specific niche genre that now almost 30 years later is probably the top genre in the entire United States. Of course, we're talking about former Millersville football captain, former WIXQ station manager, the very first urban music director to 91.7 WIXQ. And now today in 2022, he is a hip-hop mogul in Atlanta, Georgia. The man known as J-Force will be joining us on episode number 52 of Scholastic Transmission. Yep, and I am really looking forward to it because J-Force and I have visited periodically in the past and, and I sort of lost touch with him there for a while. I'm anxious to reconnect with him. He was special. If you go back to a number of our episodes with the likes of Nipsey, Andrew Nock, Michelle Cruz, Steve Euknis, they are bound to mention the name J-Force because J-Force, quite frankly, was an institution at WIXQ when he was there during the early to mid-1990s. Like I said, he is the man responsible for bringing hip-hop, the genre of hip-hop, to the county of Lancaster County, the good old Amish country, back in the 1990s, because there was nothing like that during that time. And you have to think, everybody can easily pull up any song, any genre of music right now, right in the palm of their hands, right here in 2022. But that was not possible 30 years ago. You had to go to the radio station or you had to go to MTV to find your music. And you weren't playing or you weren't hearing genres like hip-hop on a commercial radio station during that time. But thanks to somebody who had such a deep love and a genuine appreciation for this kind of music, they were able to bring that through and introduce that to the people thanks to a free-format college radio station. And that was all J-Force. It was all him. He's the one who brought it here to our area, and we have to interview him for episode number 52, Doc. You bet, and I'll be there because I'm anxious to hear what he's up to today. In the meantime, though, you better stay up to date with the podcast by following us all across social media at College Radio Pod, and be sure to share the podcast with your friends, your family, and anybody that loves college radio. Now, before we go today, Doc, is there anything else that we'd like to talk about in regards to our unsung heroes of 91.7 WIXQ? No, not really. I'm just going to say, jump on it, jump on it, King Wasabi, as we get ready to do rap. <laughs> Doc, I always I always have to laugh whenever you break that out. It's always bound to happen at least once a year. I, I, I have come to expect that. <laughs> perfect ending for this one, though, isn't it? Perfect ending for this one, a perfect transition into J-Force next week here on Scholastic Transmission. So for Dr. Ralph Antonin, I'm Shane Garcia. Thank you so much for listening to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast. Class is dismissed.